Okay, let's, uh, go, let's go to the Lord in prayer as, as we lift these things to Him. Let's pray. Father, we just, again, come with united hearts as a family. Uh, Lord, help us not to forget that we're a family. and We have each other, but most important, we have you as our daddy. And uh, even though I've lost a daddy, uh, I, I have uh, the greatest daddy in the world. It's my Abba Father who hears me, cares about me. <clears throat> provides for me. He is a great shepherd of the sheep. <clears throat> so Lord, we, we just pray that you would minister to us uh, powerfully by your spirit as we sang this morning from uh, the inside out. Lord, we need you from the inside out. And uh, Lord, I, I would pray for the funeral services to come as there'll be Many hundreds of people, I suppose, there, uh, and they'll hear the gospel. And Lord, I know there'll be one Jewish man there uh, that needs the gospel. There'll be my friends there, and there'll be our loved ones and uh, nephews and nieces that'll be there that that needs Christ. And just give me strength and power from on high, and my brother as well. That will speak the truth in love, and. Um, that we'll give God the glory. And as Dad said before he passed, it's all about him. And so uh, he understood grace in his life and the grace towards our family for years and years. And, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for your great grace. Lord, we lift up Ben and, and David as we uh, think of them traveling and all that they're doing and just watch over them and bless them. And... Uh, Lord, I would pray for Tallow as well. And Lord, he's got changes and needs support. Supply his needs, O oh Lord. I'll be with him. And, and uh, for Russ and Rachel, I continue to lift them up because they'll be coming. And, and uh, Lord, um, just continue to comfort them from their loss of their little girl, uh, Sarah Jane. And for Josh, we lift him for you uh, to you and and uh, Sam as well, those in the military, God, watch over them, and may they fix their eyes on Jesus. Uh, for Evan, uh, Lord, we lift him to you. And for Greg, as he uh, just helps raise him, and Lord, he might, uh, that uh, Evan might see Christ in him, there'll be love, and, and give him wisdom and direction, and in dealing with teenagers, Lord, um, we just uh, pray for choices on Evan's part, too, that he'll make the right choices and be guided by your spirit. And for Andrew, as uh, uh, David is away, I just pray for him for strength. And uh, give him the strength, Lord, of Samson, uh, Samson that, you, that you would just uh, fill him with, with strength that he needs to, to do these tasks. By the power of your Holy Spirit. And for Lauren and Robert, uh, uh, Lord, we lift them uh, to you and as Andrew ministers to them. And so, Lord, we, we, we just uh, we pray these things, Lord, because without you we can do nothing. Help us to see that. And, and, and Lord, uh, we need you. We need you desperately. 
and the power uh, in this land, oh God. Turn this, as dads uh, wanted this country, he said the greatest generation will be the Uh, the generation that turns this country back to you. So, Lord, we have mercy on us. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on this country. Uh, revive us again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 2. Let's turn there together. Got my Bible upside down. I'm good, but not that good. <laughs> uh, make sure this is on. Yes, Mark chapter two. We're making our way through this uh, this book, and uh, I hope it's been ministering to you. And of course, we see the life of Christ and how Christ ministered to people. He was a true servant of the Most High God, His Father, and how He desires to do the, the will of God, and he does it. And God uh, uses him in powerful and mighty ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just remember, we have God's Holy Spirit. Don't limit God to what he can do through you. Okay? Just remember that. He can use you to win somebody to Christ and see their life drastically changed. This morning we're going to look at uh, this, this topic of fasting. Uh, and what it means not to put uh, new patches on old garments, and, or new wine in old wineskins. And um, the context of what this uh, passage is about, I believe, is fasting. Uh, and so... I want you just to think. You don't have to, of course, accept my interpretation of this uh, because let God the Holy Spirit uh, teach you, and that's where we need to be. Uh, let this be yours and not what somebody else says And uh, because uh, we all need to uh, rejoice more. And I, and I believe uh, Christianity brings joy. The, the presence of Christ brings joy. It, he, he does in my life. He brings joy in my life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The scripture tells us that. And um, the Christian life is portrayed as a joyful thing. Uh, so joy has a lot to do with the Christian life. And... Uh, so how does fasting fit in here? I don't think there's any room uh, for Christians going around as grumpy, long-faced, and as the old expression, sourpusses, uh, all the time. Now, there are times when you're sad. There are times when we're going through grief. That's great and, and, and good. But deep down in the Christian's life, there's joy. There's an there's a, a inner peace that passes all understanding. And we need to understand that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. And so that's where we need to be as Christians. Not grumpy, 
down, everything's going to come to an end, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, that kind of, you see. Because that's not the Christian life. And that's, I think, what uh, we'll see this morning. But Christ brings gladness, not sadness. Christ brings gladness, not sadness. The devil brings sadness. Christ brings gladness. Let's read together. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Hear the word of God. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, While the bridegroom is with them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast, can they? So long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But but the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. And then he gives two illustrations. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth, that's new cloth, on an old garment. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear results. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost in the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. Uh, Amazing how our Lord used simple illustrations to teach by. And then, of course, those who had ears heard and those who had eyes saw. And if not, they went, what in the world is this guy talking about? And that's the Word of God. If you're a believer, this book has meaning. It speaks to your heart. It feeds your soul. And if not, you're just reading words. And as we read God's Word, we go, oh, wow. That's for me. That promise is for me, and we, we uh, respond to it in that way. We looked, uh, I want to start with this morning the questioners, those who were questioning Christ. Uh, they were the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees. And you might say, well, John the Baptist, what, what are they uh, fasting about? What, what is their problem? Why are they with the Pharisees? We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, both, both groups in verse 18 were wondering why Jesus' disciples did not fast as they fasted. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? You know, why aren't you doing this like me? Why aren't you doing that like me? I got it right. Pride, isn't it? In other words, they were lifting themselves up as we have arrived. We're fasting. Oh, boy. Here we go again, and uh, Jesus uh, teaches them. Uh, Jesus' disciples, what were they doing? Feasting. They were at Levi's, Matthew's place, and they were just living it up, having a good time. Why? Jesus was with them. Is Jesus with you? Yes, he is. Look at that. Doesn't it surprise you that Jesus' disciples didn't fast? I mean, when you first read that, you say, 
oh, maybe he's maybe they're right. Maybe he they ought to be fasting. But then when you read uh, on and understand the gospel and what the gospel is all about, it's what good news. If it was bad news, we ought to be fasting. But it's good news. Uh, but anyway, what is fasting? In this context, I think it is not abstaining from food for health reasons, to lose weight or whatever. Not that those things aren't good, because they are, and we at times need to fast. And uh, I tried to purge my gallbladder one time by fasting, and I went for something like two weeks without eating anything. And I thought, man, I felt great. Oh, I, I've healed myself until I ate some food. <laughs> and then I realized, no, it's still there, and I uh, had to get it taken out. But, uh, and so there, there, there are times when we can fast for health reasons. But, uh, uh, so I'm not throwing stones at that. But uh, I think here we see it's fasting for religious purposes. This was probably one of the two fast days that this was occurring on the, that the Pharisees had set up. It was Monday and Thursday, I believe, that they set this up. And uh, uh, why weren't these people doing this? Why weren't his disciples fasting as they said they should be? You know what we see in all of this? Uh, and, and, and that is that Christianity is a heart thing. It's not an outward thing. Uh, it's not like I've got to fast to get God's attention. I've got to do this so he'll bless me. No, we do those things because of a heart change. You know, if I find myself fasting, I can usually look back and say, wow, I'm fasting because of something else uh, that's, uh, that's occurring or uh, going on in my life at the moment. As a matter of fact, I thought, wow, when Dad passes, I'm going to go on a fast. I've been eating more than ever. <laughs> Why? Because it's, he, he's a, in the presence of Christ. And so I thought I would be sad and probably not eat or want to eat. But it's not the case. And I'm not saying that it may not be the case. Uh, we need to maybe fa- fast over this country. But you don't go, okay, to earn merit with God so he'll, he'll say this country, I'm going to start fasting. See, that's, that's no heart in that. That's doing something good so God will do something good. That's not, see, that's not Christianity. When you find yourself fasting or, 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 or not eating for some reason and you go, what's going on? And, uh, so it's a heart thing. That's, that's so important for un- us to understand because the, uh, these Pharisees uh, didn't understand that at all. There's only actually one uh, place in the Old Testament a, a fast is called for for Old Testament believers and uh, on the Day of Atonement and probably to show penance uh, for their sins, penance for their sins. In other words, it's not, okay, I've got to fast because that's what we've got to do. No, they fasted because of, it should have been from the, the sin in their life. And in other words, they were so, you know, if we, if we fast, it ought to be because there's, there's sin in our life that needs to be purged. And so we find our, you see, it's a heart thing. And I, I just want to keep pounding that home uh, by the time the New Testament, the Pharisees were fasting two days a week. Probably John the Baptist's disciples, although I don't know this, probably were fasting due to his uh, beheaded, being beheaded. They were probably still fasting over their loss. Uh, but 
they were mourning because he had been beheaded. But uh, why aren't Jesus' disciples fasting? You know, it's interesting. Jesus answers that question with a question. Did you see that in verse 19? And Jesus said then, while the bridegroom is with them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast. Can they? See, that's a question. You know, a lot of times, the best way to deal with unbelievers when they ask you a question is to give them a question back. <laughs> so if you don't know the answer, just give them a question. Uh, uh, so that's, that's, Jesus was, was very good at this. And so what is that talking about? I think it's talking about a celebration. Uh, he answers it with uh, a question, but he says, While the bridegroom is with them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot fast, can they? So long as they have the bridegroom with, the, with them, they cannot fast. In other words, I'm with them. Why, why should they fast? They would fast when he departs, but not now. Not now because uh, he was with them. And, of course, I'm going to conclude this by saying, is Jesus with us? And I say that now, uh, is Jesus with us? Yes, he is. Why are we fasting? We ought to be feasting. We ought to come here this morning to celebrate. That's why Dad's funeral will be a celebration. It is not going to be weeping and wailing and throwing ourselves on top of the casket. No, it's a celebration. And, uh, you know... Back in the, in the days of, uh, of the Old Testament, and probably maybe the, the, the Jews do this today, I'm not sure, but their feast was how long? Does anybody know? How long did they have the wedding party? A week. That's exactly right. Did, did you read my notes? <laughs> exactly, it was a week. Now, I would say that's a celebration. You know, we, we have a wedding that lasts maybe an hour or two and you spend ten or $20,000 and and everybody's in a frantic and both, both families are going to eat each other and, and uh, want to kill each other because they didn't do this or didn't do that and we send the, the bride and groom off in a big... doesn't sound like much celebration to me. I know I had three girls. So... <laughs> uh, but, uh, boy, they, so, yeah, the, the, the bridegroom is with them. And so, uh, we, we read in John... I do have a few verses this morning, maybe. Okay. It's, uh, it, it's not uh, working. Either this is dead or I'm dead or something. Now I'm starting to sound like dad. That's scary. <laughs> we got some a Facebook message from a friend of mine and... Uh, he said, one of the best quotes your dad, but one of the funniest things your dad ever said, he said, I woke up this morning and uh, didn't have any pain. He said, I thought I was dead. <laughs> so, okay. Yes, thank you. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. And note, who are we? Bride. We're the bride. Who is the bridegroom? Bride. All right. But the friend of the bridegroom, that's John the Baptist, who stands and hears him, what does he do? Rejoices. You get that? Rejoices. Oh, oh, we got the bridegroom. <laughs> no, boy, if you've ever been to, to one of those celebrations, you go, and I have seen uh, these Jewish Christians dance at that uh, up there in, in Atlanta when we went up there to 
It was a, I can't remember the person we heard sing. But anyway, they were just celebrating. And you were going, whoa, this is incredible. They were rejoicing and singing hallelujahs and praise to God. And I was sitting back there, oh, I don't know if they should be doing this. This is kind of radical. This is, whoa, this is kind of fleshly. Or, you know, No, they were celebrating. Amen. You know, uh, most of us are mostly dead all day, I think. There was a line from, from a, a movie. But anyway, no, we rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Whoa. Do you hear Jesus? Does he speak to you? Yes, he does. Where does he speak to you primarily? Right here. From his word. How much are you listening to his voice? Not enough. Not enough. So this joy of mine has been made full. Joy, joy, joy. This is, this is so, so important. John the Baptist rejoiced at his voice. <clears throat> and so Jesus says, the friends of the bridegroom cannot fast as long as the bridegroom is with them. I think we can see that fasting, I believe, is tied in with sorrow and uh, mourning. Uh, so I think fasting is more of a byproduct than it starts with fasting and you go into mourning. Now, I think you fast because you're mourning, right? You don't get the cart before the horse in these things. It's so easy for, for us Christians to do that. Uh, Oh, I got to fast. No. No, I, you find yourself mourning over your sin, sorrow for sin, uh, praying to God maybe all night or all day, and, well, I haven't eaten anything. How much of that do we do? Boy, that's kind of convicting. I knew uh, uh, people that used to keep the, our place when we lived up in town, so they'd stay down there. They were caretakers of the place. And uh, Mama Smith was rather large, and, and uh, Demp was rather large, but greatest people you ever wanted to meet. Good old country people and funny. They could have had their own TV show. But Demp died suddenly of a heart attack. That lady went from 250 pounds down to 100 pounds. She fasted. Because of what? Mourning over her loss. So I think we have to be careful not to, uh, or to see fasting as a result of mourning, not the other way around. Uh, so there, there are times when we do fast. And so fasting is not, I don't want to say fasting is always bad. That's not what I'm saying. But I think as a whole, the main focus in the New Testament, and Paul teaches this, is uh, it's a celebration. It's a joyful thing. But uh, the Pharisees wanted to look uh, miserable when they fasted. They would paint their faces white, put on ashes on their head, refuse to wash. Let's see what uh, Jesus said about them. Whenever you fast, Jesus says, do not put on a gloomy face. Oh, oh poor me. <laughs> poor me. As the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance 
so that they will be noticed what? By men. It's all outward. We sang that song from the inside out. Noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. That's the praise of men is what their reward is. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So, can his friends fast when the feast is going on? No, they can't. Uh, Will there be fasting at the great marriage supper of the Lamb? Absolutely not. It's gone. There will be nothing but feasting. And what that is going to be like, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. I hope they have lamb chops. (laughs) Because I love lamb chops. Uh, hint, hint, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, you know, Christianity as a whole is not a fast, but a feast. Not a sob, but a song. Not a sob, but a song. Psalm 40, 1 and 2, this is one of my favorite psalms. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the mire and clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Then it says, he put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Wow. He's put a new song. The rest of it goes on. It says, He has put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. How much are we doing that? How much are we feasting on Christ and praising Him for who He is and all His blessings and His promises and just filled? We need to be doing that more. I need to. Luke 2.10 But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you what? Of great joy which will be for all the people. You see, Jesus' coming is one of great joy and gladness and celebration, and He's in us, the hope of glory. So, I hope you have an attitude of of gratitude, and I hope it shows by the way you live before people. Fasting is inconsistent with a joyful state of mind. Just remember that. Was the coming of Christ a tragedy? Something to mourn over, to be sad over? Absolutely not. What did it mean? It meant salvation for the lost, forgiveness of sins, healing of the sick, rest for the weary, food for the hungry, sight for the blind, joy for the sad. Doesn't sound like fasting to me. Sounds like feasting. Now, would his disciples ever ever fast? Yes, they would. In verse 20, it says... In that day. Notice Mark 2 and verse 20. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. Now what is that speaking of? I believe it's speaking of his death. And when they, and then they will fast in that day. When that happens, he says, they will fast. <clears throat> and I believe that was probably the period from his death to his resurrection. I bet you they didn't fast when he rose from the dead. I bet you they were feasting. 
What are we? What is Sunday? Day of resurrection, right? So we don't come to fast. We come to pray, sing hallelujahs. John 16, 16 through 22. A little while and you will no longer see me, Jesus says. Now again, in a little while, you will see me. Some of his disciples then said to one another, what is this thing? He tells us a little while and you will not see me. And again, in a little while, you will see me and because I, because I go to the Father. So they were saying, what is this that he says a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wished to question him. And he said to them, are you deliberating together about this? Uh, that I said a little while and you will not see me. And again in a little while you will see me. Truly, truly I say to you that you will weep and lament. That's fasting. Because he said they would be fasting. And so uh, again we see weeping and, and lamenting is fasting. But the world will what? We see they're going to be glad that he's gone. You will what? Grieve. But your grief will be turned into what? Here we see it. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. Ladies, have you been there? Yeah, some of you have. Is that fun? No, it's painful, especially if you don't have an epidural. Uh, mighty painful. So, I don't know, I've not been there and don't wish to go there. Uh, but when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the what? See it again, that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again. When was that? Resurrection. And that your heart will re what? Rejoice. And no one will take your what? Do you get it? I hope you get it. Are you rejoicing? Yeah. Are you grieving? Oh, this world has gone to hell in a handbasket and what we're going to do and where is God? And no, that's not the Christian life. Christ in us, the hope of glory. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful truth. I hope we let that just sink in uh, to our hearts uh, because it's that important. It's that important in our lives. Remember in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus says, I will, uh, I am with you, how long? Always. Always. Colossians 1, To whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, that's why we can rejoice, because Christ is in us. Philippians 4, 4, which is... Uh, we didn't get together on this, but uh, Andrew read the very passage that, that I was going to be quoting. Rejoice in the Lord. How, how often? Always. Well, except when you're what? Fasting. No. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because even the things that come into our life uh, that we don't like, we can rejoice because we know God is in the midst of that, you see. We've got to get it, people. We've got to get it because we're missing an opportunity before the world to be different from the world. See, the world, re oh, what did I do? The, rejo the world rejoices not. They're grieving. 
they're grieving because uh, things aren't going well for them. Uh, uh, they're sad because of this and they're sad because of that. But you have an opportunity to say, let me tell you about how you can have joy in your life. Every day we need to be rejoicing. First Peter 1.8 And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly what? With what? Boy, is that an overstatement? Have you ever thought of that? Rejoicing with joy? What else would you rejoice with? <laughs> rejoice with joy. That's really saying it clearly. Rejoice with joy. Inexpressible and full of glory. Wow. Every day we should praise the Lord. Hallelujahs to Him. Hallelujahs every Sunday come together. He's risen, ascended at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. And so I think the Lord illustrates this with, uh, uh, with two illustrations, very simple. And we read those. <clears throat> you put a new patch on an old garment. No, you don't because it's going to tear and so Jesus didn't come to patch up the old system of the law in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. He did not come to patch up, adding more rituals and rules, forms, uh, sacrifices into this. No, he didn't patch up. He what? He brought in new. He brought in celebration. He brought, and we should, have the sacrifice of what? Praise. That's what our life ought to be characterized as, the sacrifice of praise to Him. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us He came to do away with the old, to bring in the new. He didn't come to add more fastings like the Pharisees had two a week. He didn't come to do that. They added fast, but he didn't come to do that. Now the wine here, uh, I think, and I, uh, of course you know when you put fermenting grape juice into an old wineskin, what's going to happen? Pow, it's going to blow up. And so you don't want to do that. And again, we have new with the old. You don't put new with old. You say, no, you put new with new. And this is what Jesus was talking about. Uh, new life in Christ. New life in Christ. This is riches in Christ. Uh, they are poured into wineskins of gratitude. Think of it that I like that. They're poured into wineskins of gratitude, thankful hearts, freedom, and joy. We have a new life now of joy. I think this is, this is so important for us to see. Fasting, I think, uh, overall speaks of mourning and sadness. Feasting uh, uh, is of joy and gladness. You know what? We have to think of ourselves when Christ left as not widowed. <laughs> We're not widowed. Why? We have Christ. We have Christ in us. We're not a widow. 
So doom and gloom Christians, stop it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Start dwelling on who you are in Christ. Preach the gospel to yourselves. Believe the gospel and it will change your life. It's by faith. By grace you say through faith. It's by believing the gospel. God will powerfully change you. I think we have here a picture of His presence. Uh, Great, great uh, presence of Christ. We should have we should practice, somebody said, the, we should practice the presence of God. I like that. Practice the presence of God in your life. Practice it. Because He is in your life. And uh, He has put a new song in our heart. A new song in our heart. Meditate. Meditate on, on Christ. Feed on Christ by faith. You know, this is kind of an interesting little story. I'm not sure if it's true, but it makes a good story. And I think you'll get the idea. Somebody said, uh, well, what do you and your uh, wife do to have fun together? And I may have told this before, and if I have, forgive me. But he says, oh, we go down by the lake. And we sit there and listen to the frogs croak. What? What did you just say? Uh, yeah, we go down to the lake and we sit there together and listen to the frog, uh, the frogs croak. Wow, okay. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, because he said, you know what? It's not where you are. It's who you're with. See? Not where you are. You don't have to go to Cancun to be with the bridegroom, Christ. He's with us now. You know, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. We're the bride and he is the bridegroom. And he loves us. And, uh, and so having him uh, is, is uh, the perfect husband is all that we need. We need to practice the presence of God in our lives. As Dad said, God is real. Amen. He had several sayings, but that was the one he said all the time. God is real. He said, God is real in my life. Amen. What is he doing? Practicing the, practicing the presence of God. And we need to be doing that more and more that people would see Christ in us, the hope of glory. we having communion with the bridegroom? Are you having communion? And I'm closing with this. Are you having communion right now with the bridegroom? Are you experiencing the joy of the Lord in your life? Are you rejoicing in the Lord always? Are you full of fear? Full of doubt? Full of hopelessness? Of misery? Let me encourage you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I say that a lot. But that He is who we need. Remember, 
It's not who, it's not uh, uh, where we are, but it's who we're with. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, bow our hearts and our lives before you, and uh, Lord, it, it, uh, your word is powerful. Lord, it, uh, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, because even though I'm preaching this, Lord, I know how I fail uh, in carrying this out in my life as I should. Lord, there are times when I rejoice. There's times when I feel your presence, when I, uh, I know the presence of God. And there are other times, Lord, uh, when I forsake you and I uh, leave you and uh, wander away from you like a sheep does. But Lord, I am so thankful that as the great shepherd of the sheep, you come after me. And you pick me up out of the mire and the clay. And I would be destroyed if it wasn't by your grace. And you reach down with your staff and you pull me up. You set my feet upon the rock. And you establish my goings. And you put a new song and my mouth even prays to our God. Lord, help us every day, not just at Easter, every day praise you. And we ask that you would work in each life, Lord. May we confess our sin right now before you and as we, as we just have our eyes, Lord, bowed and our hearts bowed before you, come and, and, and work in, in, in our lives, work in my life, Lord. We need you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>